Welcome to Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids, a podcast that steps into alternative education, parenting, and living a funner, fuller family life. I'm Robin, home educator, unschooling mom to two funny, eclectic kids, and we're here to create a space for families to listen, connect, learn from others, and be inspired. Join us every two weeks to hear interviews and tips from experts in learning, education, and parenting, and stories from families that are playing full out in the arena of life and education. World schooling, unschooling, alternative schooling, homeschooling, or just creating a whole new style of learning. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Robin Robertson, and I'm an unschooling mom to two kids, and I'm also the creator and host of the show. And I'm always grateful that you've taken the time to be with me here on the show, whether you're going for a walk, cleaning up around you, just having a cup of tea and listening, driving in your vehicle, however you decide to listen to this episode or to the show, enjoy, and I'm just happy to have you here. So I first wanted to just give a shout out to some wonderful patrons. If you don't already know, I have a Patreon community. It's patreon.com slash honey, I'm homeschooling the kids. And I always include the link in the show notes. And the Patreon community really helps us podcast to be here. It allows for me to get editing. It allows for me to create and have the right equipment. There's actually many costs that go into producing this podcast so that I am able to provide a free accessible resource to you for your home educating, unschooling, self-directed, natural learning journey or alternative education journey so that you can have access, easy access to the resources, the research, the information, uh, and the stories and encouragement we share on this show. So Patreon helps me to do that. That's one of the ways it helps me to do that and to continue doing that. Um, but also you receive in the Patreon community, I host a monthly Q&A, live Q&A, the last, usually it's the last Sunday of every month, as well as I post sometimes interviews that don't go to air on the regular podcast, uh, videos, um, special answers to questions, and um, other important links and downloads and freebies that you get as part of being a patron. So I actually just wanted to give a shout out because I'm getting behind on the shout outs to patrons and to those who leave a review. So today I just wanted to say a special thank you to Kristen Swindles, Paper Muna, Jennifer Coons, Cantillon, Chrissy Florence, Carly Card- Cardwell, Rachel Hill, Cindy, Cindy's fantastic, and Amy's Little Plant Shop along with Robert Kurtz, Eliana Borthwick, Jamie Hamilton. Thank you so much for supporting the show, for being patrons. I know I know some of you have been regular attendees in our live Q&As, and it just, I mean, it makes it even more fun as well. So I really, really appreciate you. Those are just a few. I'll be continuing to give more shout outs as well in the next couple episodes too, and as we continue and as we grow. And just a quick reminder that my Homeschooling with Purpose small group masterclass begins October 2nd. Registration closes September 30th. So if you've checked it out and you're interested but you have questions, then now's the time to email me or DM me with any questions before it fills up. And this is just a reminder that my Homeschooling with Purpose small group masterclass begins October 
2nd. Registration closes September 30th, also depending on what's available. So if you have questions, if you've seen the Homeschooling with Purpose Masterclass and you want to learn more, there's just something you want to ask me about, now's the time. DM me or send me an email. If you're ready to register, then definitely do so. I'll provide the link in the show notes, or you can also find it in my bio on Instagram or through my newsletter as well. I love this time. It's such a great time for me to connect and get to know everyone that's part of these masterclasses more intimately, you know, and support and encourage. And really, for me, it's nourishment as well. And I know how it is. And this is what I wanted in the beginning of our home educating journey. And even at those times when I needed a little pick me up rejuvenation in this journey. So yeah, I always look forward to it. And, you know, some of my attendants have become really good friends and it's just a really special time. So definitely ask any questions that you have. And now for this episode. So I interviewed Lainey Liberty and I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you do as well. This was one of those conversations where after, you know, I'm still thinking, I'm reflecting on my personal ideas and values on my practice of parenting, parenting and partnership uh, on our learning journey as well. And that's when you know it's a really good conversation. Lainey's actually someone I followed for a, a while. She's an early world schooler. Her She's a radical unschooler. Her son is actually now grown. He's not even a child anymore. He's not a teen anymore. But they embarked on a world schooling adventure together, just the two of them, that I followed for quite a while. And I really enjoyed seeing how it's evolved over time as well. Not to mention, I have enjoyed the communities that she's created for world schoolers and unschoolers too, whether you know the Facebook book group I've been part of for years, we are world schoolers. Um, weareworldschoolers.org page. They have Project World School, Project World School Family Summit, which I have not yet been able to attend, but I do hope to sometime. I know one time we looked at Project World School for my kids as well. Um, but that's just a piece, a small piece of the pie. I don't want to say too much more because you can listen and learn more yourself, but I'd love to hear your feedback and what you think of this episode. So enjoy. All right, let's begin. Okay. Well, welcome. Today I have Lainey Liberty on my podcast. I'm actually really excited to have you here. Thank you for coming. Oh, my pleasure. I'm so happy to have been invited. <laughs> so Lainey is a, actually to give you a little bit of a background, I followed Lainey for a very long time, quite a few years now. And not only through her early podcast with her and her son Miro, but also, it's been a long time, actually, oh a long time ago when I found you. Um, also, we, World Schooling Facebook group. I was a fairly before, it's exploded. It's huge now. And I think I was in the group when there was less than a thousand people in it. Only I think there was a few hundred when I first joined. Um, and now it's massive. But um, that those are my early introductions to Lainey. So I've been, actually been a follower for a really long time. Her world schooling journey, her unschooling journey, uh, her and her son Miro living the life off the beaten track and going traveling and 
and putting it all away and just being together. It was really inspirational for many of us. So I just wanted to welcome you and just let you know that's my private connection to you that I've actually been a follower for a long time. So I appreciate what you've put out into the world and what you do. So thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much. My heart is exploding right now. I am I am filled with so much gratitude for your words. And also, my goodness, you listened to the podcast with Miro and I that we produced for about a year and a half. Yeah. And he was Young. 10, 11, yeah. 12, his <laughs> voice. I sometimes I listen to those podcasts again just to, you know, reminisce in the nostalgia. And also, I mean, you know, they're not up online anymore, but this is a pure example of learning in partnership and really approaching our journey into learning through this partnership paradigm, which I'm, I speak about a lot. I mean, we wrote the podcast together, researched it together. We, you know, uh, recorded it, edited everything together. I mean, it was just such a wonderful, you know, collaboration. And we learned so much from just working together. That was yeah, cool. I'm sure you did. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe if you can give, if anyone is listening that doesn't know you, if you can give a little bit of a background on how you began and who you are, maybe who you are now, and then we can rewind <laughs> it to how it kind of began and we'll go from there. Sure. So today I am sitting here from my home, first time I can say that in many, many years, uh, in Mexico, where I have been for the last two and a half years. My name is Lainey Liberty, as you introduced me. Um, I am currently working and, and you know, pu very public about um, supporting teens' mental health. Mm -hmm. I am passionate about supporting teens. That's the thing that lights me up through the whole journey, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But through the whole journey of what brought me to this point, it really revealed and unfolded this this deeper passion and purpose. Um, so I know why I'm here on this planet. I love inspiring people. I love being a mom. I love, you know, supporting families into world schooling or at least questioning the education um you know, system and choosing alternatives that's that suit them. I am a radical end schooler and really proud of being so. I'm also an anarchist. Um, and I could talk about that too if you're interested because yeah. there's a lot of of sort of um, misconception about what that word means. Um, and i'm I'm a mom to a really fantastic, wonderful, a uh, 23-year-old radically unschooled adult who is still a life learner. And, you know, you listened to us when we were just starting on our, our journey and he was 10 or 11. So we've been at this for quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. He's 23 now. Yeah, you have been. So because you, you lived in California originally and you decided to pack up to leave school and to live a life on the road. Did you, when you first began, were you already, you know, kind of there? Were you already a radical unschooler? I guess he was already in school, so not really, but were you a bit farther along in the path than maybe some others in that way? Okay. So insert four letter word here in front of the word no. 
<laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We, uh, you know, I obviously, I mean, you can see me. I'm not a conventionally looking person. I'm not a conventional person in general. Um, I've always sort of been on the fringe, but, you know, I used to own a an ad agency um, and I was the creative director and somehow working in advertising and marketing for almost 20 years. Like I was able to look how I wanted as long as I produced work and, you know, th- that sort of thing was okay, but I'm not super conventional, but I did buy into what we call the American dream. Mm -hmm. And I worked really, really, really hard. And as a single parent, my justification was I'm working hard to provide for my family. I've got to do it. This is, you know, this, I've got to do this. I'm doing this for my son. But the realization that I was missing out on his childhood because I was always working and to make matters, you know, even more sort of stressful, my son, who has a brilliant voice, would use it and say to me, mom, you're always working. You never spend any time with me. And so, you know, the, the conflict, the inner conflict of, well, I'm doing this for us. I'm doing this for me really, but for you, but you know, this is what I'm supposed to do. And all of this stuff, um, there, there was a lot of cognitive dissonance in, in how I was living, even though, my son had everything I ever wanted. You know, we were financially fine, you know, like, that's what I was supposed to be doing. But in 2008 in California, the economy crashed and it was a big one. And my agency that I owned for the last eight of those years of my 18 year sort of career in uh, advertising was focused on serving brands with um, Green Eco sort of um you know, uh, brand identity and nonprofits. Um, and so when the economy crashed, those were the clients that started to go away because their funding was gone. And I knew at the end of 2008, I wasn't bringing my staff back before 2009. I knew I was going to have to close up shop. I knew it was going to be a new thing. And so the opportunity to look at my son and say to him, Hey, want to go take an adventure? And he said, yes, by all means, because that meant that he was finally having the thing that he wanted, which was time with me and my undivided attention. And to top it off, his follow-up question after I asked him that question was, do I have to go to school? And I said, of course not. And intuitively, I knew one year of travel, which is what we planned. He was going to be you know, leaving at nine, turning 10, so coming back at 11. He'd learn more than he'd ever learned in fifth grade. And I just sort of, you know, wiped my hands together and said, you know, we'll just pick up the pieces when we get back. And if there's any, and again, air quotes, learning gaps, um, we'll, we'll deal with that. But you're, you're a really intelligent person, no big deal. And so, no, I wasn't an unschooler or a homeschooler or even knew about those things before we started. I only had my intuition to drive what our journey became. And, um, you know, we set up lots of different sort of paradigms, like we're going to do this in partnership. Your desire is to spend time with me. So I'm not going to lead this. Let's go have 
our adventure. Our adventure um, is going to be defined by the the parameters or scaffolding that we're going to create together. Let's, number one, do this in partnership. Let's say yes to as much as we can. Let's be present and in our own lives. And let's use this skill that I have, which from branding, you know, being a professional brander for um companies, I learned how to um, do the investigation to find core values, to find them, and to learn how to use that as a tool to use um, our experiences as, as like, like the core values are the guide. We're yep. going to decide whether or not something is in alignment with those core values. And instead of living by rules, which are outside of ourselves, our navigation system was from within. And the belief that, you know, we did this, we did this individually and we did it as a family. And the belief was this is going to keep us safe. We're just going to live in alignment with our values. And that created a a culture of real deep communication. And we were both super, super accountable for those internal worlds. So we set out no desire to do anything formal in terms of education. And it was just like a year break for him. And eight months into our travels, when my son asked me, remember, we have this scaffolding or framework where we must say yes. Yeah. (laughs) In alignment with our values. When he asked me eight months in, sitting in Guatemala, he said, mom, can we just do this forever? And guess what? It was in alignment with our values, both individually and as our family culture. And there was no reason why we could not. And so I said, yes. And so we just spent, you know, the next four or five months figuring out how part of the how um, for me as mom and my role in the partnership was to look at how we were going to address education. Since we left California, I disenrolled him. We weren't part of the system, so I didn't have to, I wasn't obligated to report back to them because I'm not there. I'm not there. And that was freeing in many ways. That felt like, okay, we can do whatever we want. And during my investigation of, well, what is it that we want to do and how do we want to address education, that's when I stumbled across unschooling. I stumbled across many, many um, people that were writing and speaking about unschooling. I started to pick up books and read. I listened to videos um, at the time. It was and some podcasts, but there weren't really that many at yeah. that time. And I joined Facebook groups, and I recognized through all that I learned about natural learning and self-directed learning and learning in partnership and social learning and multi-age learning, and the list goes on and on and on. We were already doing it, and in fact. We sort of bypassed the de-schooling, um, you know, stage altogether. Well, my son did. I, on the other hand, had to do a lot of deprogramming. It was probably easier for me than 
others who really are tuned in to a super conventional life and have never questioned the, um, you know, the normal norm. Yeah. 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 Um, but I was, I, I was pretty versed in doing that my whole life. In fact, some would probably say I had oppositional defiance disorder, <laughs> but for me, it was just, you know, I'm going to just live based on my own inspiration and my own inner guidance and what I feel is right. And, you know, again, I'm a natural born anarchist. I'm not super crazy about people of taking authority over me when I don't grant that. And a good part of that, that brought me to this place that I needed to question what was happening in my mind was I never questioned the education system. And somehow I just accepted that it was somebody else's job to educate my son with this conceptual word called education that I never even questioned. And together, my son and I, like, you know, I said to him, this is what I'm processing right now. What do you think? And he's like, I'm not interested in education. And I said, but what about learning? We've been doing that for the last eight, 10 months. I mean, you know, when I just sort of listed off pre-Columbian history and Mayan history and, you know, travel. Yeah. Oh my God, so much stuff. And I said, we're already learning. And I said, why do we have to make that to fit into somebody's education box? And so... Unschooling aligned with us perfectly. Um, But the only thing that I had this sort of like trigger response to was the word. And I was like, you know unschooling? Yeah, the word unschooling, because it's like a description of what you're not doing. Right? Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I wanted to reframe that to, to be in context to what we were doing. So I started calling it world schooling, right? So it was experiential learning, and it was social learning, multi-age learning, and it was based on our interests, but the world was strewing the experience to us and we could have looked this way or that way or this way or that way but the experience was there I mean I could tell you story after story after story but you know we said no to many many things that weren't of interest to us we're not in alignment with your values and absolutely so it just I mean we became accidental unschoolers and we decided to empower our experience by calling it world schooling. And then I wrote about it <laughs> and then people started to read it. And so that's, you know, and then my son and I were, were podcasting about it. And, you know, that was one of our projects to learn together because we were actively doing stuff together because it was all in context and the learning was rich and deep and in context. Yeah. I think, well, number one, you're speaking my language. And <laughs> the other part, it's funny because I, when you were, you were first talking about really getting clear on your values and aligning with that and your true purpose. And um, I thought, you know, 
for if you're a, a longtime listener, you'll know I've had episodes talking specifically on that. On you know, not it's not about curriculum. It's not about when are they going to read or how should I teach them this or this. The most important is getting clear on your values and having that as your foundation and your choices that you are making or want to decide on or do comes from that point, not from well the curriculum says a grade this they need to be doing this or they really should be at this place or you know stuff like that. But so I get that totally. I, I had to write a few things down because I also remembered. The other thing I'm going to do is probably in the show notes, add a few terms in case anyone is new and unfamiliar. Um, And I also thought, you know, I could break this into many segments of you talking about radical unschooling, anarchy, world schooling, um, you know, de-schooling. I'll explain that as well, too, in case anyone is new to that. But but (laughs) this is just a rich rich blend of information for us too, which is wonderful. So um, I also know that as you started, because your son now is 23, as you, he said, let's just do this forever. And it aligned with your purpose. That's what you wanted to continue doing. So you did, and you created as you went along. Um, I'm sure people are going to ask, well, what about, you know, how did they afford to keep doing that? What about this? What about this? Um, But, you know, I, I have a feeling that maybe I'm wrong. That wasn't your biggest concerns or things that really had you grow even more so. Um, maybe it was, and you can share on that if you'd like to, but what were some other things where you were like, even looking back now, um, wow, that was a huge growth period for that, for us during this time. <laughs> when he was, you know, three years later, I didn't see that coming, you know, or Miro didn't see that, or this is, we had to adjust uh, in a big way for this, or no, this would have been a huge adjustment for someone else, but for us, it was no problem. Sure. Okay. So I'm going to go back and answer quickly the question about how we afforded it, because I know that's like going to really yeah. like going to rattle you know, some people. Like, yeah. <laughs> They're scratching on onto the wall going, answer, answer. Um, but before I even do that, with your list of definitions, please do add partnership parenting or partnership Thank parenting you. paradigm, because that is absolutely super important. And I'm just going to tell you briefly why that's important. Those of us that have, um, you know, raised our children based on the principles of attachment parenting, and some of us have sort of like gone into like conscious parenting and, and um, parenting and gentle, yeah, peaceful, all of that is great. But all of that has an agenda to change the behavior of the child. And that's where it sort of stops short. You're not in partnership. Even though you're manipulating kindly, uh, you're still manipulating. You're still concerned with the outcome of, of the behavior. And partnership parenting is being authentic and accountable and understanding the mental health and the triggers and all of that stuff. And it's messy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's very, very intentional, and there is no point in partnership parenting where we coerce another person to meet our needs or to make our life more convenient because parents do that. They gentle parent because it's it's calmer for the parent. And I just want to make sure that that's added to your list. Perfect. So now I'm going to answer the quick question about... Um, the uh, how we afforded it. Um, we left with uh, savings for one year. 
So we decided to continue the travels um, beyond that. So we had to do something. So I didn't want to go back to marketing and graphic design and advertising and I didn't want to do it. I was burnt out. And also what I noticed was we were changing our relationship to consumerism and also living in developing countries really shifted our perspective about self and about world and about how we fit in. And that experiential knowledge really, really shifted who we were. So I recognized that there was absolutely some privilege in coming from the United States and having the background that I had. And and even though I am pretty much rags to riches sort of story in terms of my career, um, not everybody can do that, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I just happen to be in the right place at the right time. And there is some beauty and luck and privilege to all of that. And I decided that I was going to not work the 80 hours or 60 to 80 hours that I previously worked because that was the reason why we were in this, you know, decision, like we changed our lives. So I wasn't going to go back to that. So I needed to figure out how we could live and still earn a living and choose to have experiences instead of purchasing things. And uh, we changed. We absolutely changed. I figured out how to earn through multiple means. I did a little bit of consulting, a little bit of writing, a little bit of, a little bit of, we, we did some ads on our site, just little things here and there, but I worked maybe 10 hours a week. And all of that equaled out to about a thousand US dollars for two people a month. And that's what we lived on. And so going from, you know, bringing home 10K a month to 1,000 US, our lifestyles and our values shifted. And we, uh, we, we were so much richer because of it. We were like, that change is probably the most dynamic and profound change. Um, and I could have never have seen that, right? Because it was the, the privilege and the knowing that I made money and owned a business before, you know, that let me have the confidence to say, okay, we'll take a year off and I'll just go back to something. And I could, of course, pick up somewhere and, you know, where I left off. And in fact, <laughs> I'll just tell you a quick story before I get to the third question, third part of your question. The, the story was when we decided that we were absolutely not going back and I didn't really care about money any, anymore. And I knew I was just going to figure it out because this was really living in alignment and resonant to the life that I really wanted. And it was just so absolutely amazing to be in a space that you really wanted to be in, that I really wanted to be in. And we were in partnership and life was grand. And of course, I get a call from a recruiter who... Um, we were, I remember this, we were in Costa Rica and we had just, we were just super happy with our choices and our life was spectacular. And we lived out of our backpacks and we just, you know, did whatever we wanted. And it was always just rich. And then the recruiter said, well, there's a new company that's opening in California and they're looking for you, somebody exactly with your background and experience. And we'd like to bring you in to, um, interview for the lead brand um, manager position or brand director position. 
for Tesla. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> no way. <laughs> and I remember talking to me around. I was like, no, I don't want it. I don't want it because I'm going to go back to the me that I was before. And I don't like that person anymore. Mm-hmm. I like who I, who I'm stepping into and birthing now. And that was really huge. So we chose poverty over Tesla. And actually I'm okay with that. (laughs) It's really, really okay. So to answer your third question, which was what were the challenges at different stages? Um, So from like 9, 10 to about 13, everything was pretty pretty okay and then 13 happened and the onset of adolescence brought in all of these new desires and needs and requirements for my son and at the time we had been invited to to go back to the states and present at a conference first one we did it was an unschooling conference and it was kind of like an oasis for Miro. He was 13, and for the first time in his life, he was around this massive group of free-range learners that were that had long hair and didn't question his crazy hats and, you know, played D&D and talked about funky music and, you know, built objects out of wood and all the stuff that were, was really lighting him up. And he found a community of right. people. But the thing was, they didn't all live where this conference was. In fact, most of them came from other places to come to this conference. And so when we left and came back, our base at that time was Cusco, Peru. And when we came back, he was like, I feel isolated here but I don't want to go back. I love living here. I don't like the consumerism in the United States. I don't know what to do, but I need friends. You know, like it was this back and forth and we spent a good five, six months just unpacking the feelings surrounding that and processing them and, you know, just reflecting back to him what I heard. And part of me really wanted to solve the problem as we do as parents, um, and I put a caveat on that. You know, parents want to don't want to see our children struggling. All right, all the time. Yeah, of course. But a lot of that is just making sure that they're seen and heard, and then that we understand what their process is and what they're going through. So I was, you know, doing my internal battle, like I'm going to solve the problem, but I just need to be here and show up for you as you're processing this stuff, and. I did come up with a suggestion, and my suggestion was, well, what do you think if we invite teens to come here to Peru and we create this learning community together? And he's like, do you think that'll work? And I'm like, well, I've got a background in marketing and I'm a really good learner. So I spent the next few months reading and learning everything I could about developing and creating a learning community. Um, I spoke with Mani Shane over, and that was my first time that I reached out to him and he sort of um, mentored me a little bit. You know who he is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, I read everything I could about the teenage brain and development and then, You know, one thing I haven't talked about was my background. I grew up with a lot of trauma and I spent a good 20, 30 years of, you know, self-directed healing and 
part of my trauma response was pure independence, as you probably have guessed. Um, (laughs) But one of those things was I wanted to facilitate my own healing. I wanted, you know, before I had my son, I wanted to, to not be like my parents. And I wanted to question the beliefs and I wanted to know my internal worlds. So I looked at all the stuff that I had done for myself, you know, really facilitating my own internal healing. And I started to wonder how I can use that information to help facilitate the internal worlds of teens. And so that really propelled me into mental health journeys and all this stuff that I needed to learn. And then then we hung out our, our sort of virtual shingle and we started to, um, my son and I collaborated and co-founded Project World School. Mm-hmm. And Project World School is our baby. We founded it together the first couple years that we ran it. I facilitated the teens and he was a teen and he got to play and be, you know, in community. But after a couple years, he started to step up and co-facilitate. And then we started to really shift how we did things. And it was really a cooperation, collaboration. And we modified and, you know, changed like the nuances of everything was, was really, um, you know, uh, uh, polished. And we were really happy with the way that we were creating Project World School. Um, But it was because of this developmental change at 13 and the needs of my, you know, then entering in, son entering into adolescence and those developmental needs that really created a, a challenge for us. And we did what I knew how to do. And that was create, create, research and create. And so, yeah, (laughs) that's what we did. So hopefully that answered your, your curiosity and your question about that. (laughs) Absolutely. Are you feeling overwhelmed? Have any doubts about this homeschooling or unschooling journey? Are you looking for support? Are you considering taking this natural learning path? Or maybe you're already on it, but you've just kind of come to a standstill, a little bit of burnout, or you're just at a loss at what to do next, overwhelmed with all of these choices and what direction to go. Sometimes maybe you just need a little support or someone to reach out to an inspiration from someone that lives outside of your direct family circle. Well, I get it. I totally do. Over the nine years and counting of taking charge of our own learning journey, my family has been through the highs and the lows, the doubts and uncertainties, the naysayers, and all the paperwork. And I know I started repeating school at home as best as I could until it just didn't work any longer for our family. There were tears from both myself and my kids. There were arguments and standstills, but there were things that working that were working. And as I started to look at what was working, I realized that as I loosened my hold on what I thought learning should be, what it should look like, and I began to trust my children in the process, things began to actually, they began to turn around. So if you're at a similar point, if you're looking for connection, encouragement, a place to more clearly envision your family's natural learning life, your homeschooling and unschooling life, then you've come to the right place. And I'm offering even more support for you, direct support this fall. 
Every year, I host a small group masterclass for homeschooling and unschooling parents that are looking to start or redefine their family's home learning journey. This masterclass is intentionally kept small, maximum of 12 people, because I want parents to feel comfortable and safe to share, to ask questions, and to be heard. We meet live over Zoom each week over the course of one month, and at the end of each weekly session, you receive the private recordings, plus I'm in touch with you through the week, as well as having access to additional resources for this class that I've created that will help you along this journey in the month and for the years to come as well. So if you're interested in my Homeschooling with Purpose Masterclass, reach out, DM me, email me, Robin, R-O-B-Y-N, at I'm homeschooling. That's I-M-H-O-M-E-S-C-H-O-O-L-I-N-G dot com. Or go to my website to my contact page and reach out to me there. Let me know and you can get on the wait list. We begin the last Sunday of September. We meet for one month. So if you're interested, DM me, email me, contact me through my website or social media. The wait list is now open and stay tuned for more information to come. So now, I really, that was the entry, the beginning entry into this journey now and how you're continuing to support young people and their mental wellness as well, right? Uh, did you see that then as, as more teens were coming to you, as you were gathering more of a community, as Miro was building the community around him as well, did you see that to be something that was more common around more young people? Or were, were young people reaching out and saying, hey, I, I'm feeling this way, I need this, these needs are not being met? Well, for the 10 years that we ran Project World School, um, Project World School, my my passion is really those internal worlds because I there's so much satisfaction that I've gotten through my own self-directed healing and self-inquiry. And through through the need to sort of come to terms with my trauma responses and a lot of beliefs that I had about myself and a really nasty voice in my head that wasn't very kind to me, all of these things were the me that I was bringing into the partnership with my son. So mm-hmm. my accountability, my responsibility, and living 24-7 with another human being, I had to come to terms with those things, especially when this voice was really loud and not so nice. And my triggers are my work, not not the behavior of somebody else. If somebody else's behavior triggers me, I need to figure out why I'm being triggered and not... Again, gentle parenting would, oh, darling, could you not do that? No, no. Here's what's going on. I'm triggered because here, here's my trauma response. Here's what I'm working on. And I'm going to ask you to hold me accountable if I start acting in this way in response to your behavior. Because mm-hmm. it's not about you. It's about me. And that kind of modeling mental health or mental wellness in my family really created created an opportunity for a young person to grow up with high emotional intelligence. His internal worlds were a big part of the partnership, right? My internal worlds were very intentionally brought in and it wasn't, you know, I had to like pick apart the, the shame that held all that stuff in and 
And really, you know, how, how do you dispel shame? Will you bring it out into the light the same way you dispel shadows, you know, or the parts right. of ourselves that we disown, we bring it into the light, we own it, we, we make peace with those things. And those are a part of us that will always be a part of us throughout our entire journey into the, into, you know, throughout life. And so when we started to bring teens to have these immersive world schooling experiences, my insistence, and Miro was like, yeah, this makes sense. Um, my insistence was every night, let's do an intentional circle. And we created our own format where we'd unpack the day. And the way that we would unpack it and the techniques that we would use were taken from the things that I learned and discovered and used on myself and used within my family. Mm-hmm. And I would always say, The external worlds are always a reflection of our internal worlds. We are creating safe spaces here. What does a safe space mean? Part of our way that we did things in our learning community in Project World School was I never, ever was the authority and told people what to do. Every decision we made was based on consent and um, collaboration. So... Everybody had to agree. It was like totally consensual or we didn't do it or we spent time to unpack why somebody didn't want to do something and then how how could we collaborate. And getting a group of 15 teenagers together is not always easy. And when I talk about partnership parenting, parents are, you know, when I speak at conferences or whatever, parents are like, yeah, but it's just you and one. Yes, but try living in community with a group of 15 teenagers for a month without a break. Right. And everything has to be, you know, completely consensual, like absolutely every decision. It has to be a consensus. And how do you get a consensus with a group of teenagers who don't, you know, in the mind of many parents don't want to work with you? Well, they wanted to work because work with one another because they wanted to be there. And that was just the foundation of how we did it. So the the mental health piece has always been a big part of Project World School. And when 2020 happened, all of our trips were canceled, as you can imagine. I was here in Mexico, which is why I'm still here. I haven't left yet. Um, I was here for one of our conferences. And then we, after the conference, we had flights booked to go to Japan. And we had a fully booked uh, trip and a group of teens that, was, that were going to meet us in Osaka. And we were going to start our month-long trip there. Um that never happened, you know, so that was, that was in March that didn't, or April that didn't happen. So I'm still here. And then we had our June trip that we were going to produce in Poland. And it was a backpacking trip from Berlin to Poland and then ending up in Budapest. That never happened. And then our July trip in, in uh, Peru never happened. And then our uh, October trip in uh, Vietnam never happened. And then our, our um, November trip in Thailand never happened. So like we just sat here going, ah! but what I did notice was the, the community that I was serving, not only just world schoolers from the world, we are world schoolers, Facebook group and our mailing list and our websites, but also the teens that I had already worked with um, in the past were coming to me saying, 
what do we do? Like, right. like literally, what do we do? Not even knowing how to articulate. What do we do about our mental health? What do we just simply do? And so the need to serve them was there. And I just said, I'm going to create something. I'm going to create something for teens. And that's when I launched um, my business called Transformative Mentoring for Teens. And I designed... 12-week courses where I'm sharing these tools, like we do shadow work, we do belief work, we do all sorts of, you know, fabulous activities and challenges, and we use tools to really serve and facilitate our own mental health. I'm not there to solve their problems. I'm there to support them through tools and be their, their partner, side-by-side -side journey, so there is an adult who doesn't judge them. There is an adult who believes in them and sees that, that what they're thinking and feeling and believing is important. I'm there to give them the tools so they can manage their own mental health. And I've been doing that for two years. And then last year I said, well, I can only serve so many teens. <laughs> you, know, you know, I do like two or three 12-week courses a year you know, and I, at the max, I could have 10 or 12 teenagers at a time, just so we all have space to do our thing. I was like, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to put these tools into a book, but I'm also going to write a book for parents of adolescents, tweens, and teens where they can be exposed to the concepts of partnership parenting. I also share my own mental health journey and some of the tools and challenges I had in my tumultuous teen years. Um, and then I challenge them to be accountable the way that I became accountable in my family. And then the other thing that I do, like a good third of the book, is just factual science information about neurobiological changes, about psychology, about hormones, just so there's a greater understanding of those things. So when a parent is triggered that their teen is ignoring them or focused on something else, they can remember that there is a neurobiological reason for that or that's, you know, they're individuating, that, that the, you know, the social aspects are of higher value than the family aspects in this moment. It's just a developmental stage. And sometimes that reminder helps parents exhale because they hold it in. Like, I did something wrong. They're not, they're yeah. not talking oh, to me. They, what do I do? Yeah. Not right. right, right. So that that piece is in my book as well so there's a lot of science in the book there's a lot of personal stories and there's a lot of tools that i've used from other people and modified and tools that i've designed that i've seen have worked you know in partnership with working with teens so your book it's called seen heard understood yes and and is that you know seen heard understood do you think that is almost in the way the basic layout of what we don't do what we're missing as parents often is we're not seeing our kids of who, who they truly are we're not stopping and hearing them and then therefore those things help us to understand them well I don't know about other parents but I know my own teen years I was never seen heard or understood by any adult mm. and I know how that really 
I, you know, stunted my, my confidence, my beliefs about myself. I know that it took me many years of unpacking these negative beliefs because I believed that I was too much for people, that my self-worth, you know, wasn't worthy. Um, you know, a lot of shadows, a lot of, you know, trauma-informed or trauma-based beliefs that were never corrected in, you know, came from my childhood that were never corrected in my adolescence. And the more that I became independent and went into the world, you know, I engaged in risky behaviors because I didn't have a whole lot of respect for self, right? I didn't know self. Um, and, I, you know, there's been study after study that talks about why people become addicted to, say, drugs. Um, it's because of lack of connection and connection to me is one of the biggest foundations that we seem to be ignoring in modern culture, like connection. The theme of partnership parenting is connection over coercion. And how do we do that? Right. Um, I don't want a teen or a human being to ever have the experience that I had. And I don't claim to know what other parents have gone through. Um, but I'm hoping that the sort of the, the sort of transparency and vulnerability of sharing some really candid and kind of shitty stuff that happened in my life, you know, like, I mean, nobody should be out on a pedestal saying, you know, I was abused and blah, blah, blah. you know, like nobody should be saying that. Like I've got shame coming up around that. And the beliefs that it informed about myself, um, really created some negative patterns in my adult years. And those were the reasons why I wanted to investigate that before I became a parent, mm -hmm. right? So I, I became a parent at 32. And so let me tell you, my 20s and even well into my 30s, I didn't want to raise a child the way that my parents raised me. And the more that I uncovered about how parents, you know, like attachment parenting, that was like, oh my God, that was like my entrance into sanity finally. And I had to learn how to heal my own, you know, detachment wounds. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I don't know what other parents are going through, but I do know that in my book, I have put an entire chapter of myths about teens and every parent yes. that has written me back has said, as soon as I got to that chapter, I knew I'd love this book because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to believe those things. And nobody ever said that they didn't have to believe those things before this book and that, well, maybe somebody did, but, <laughs> but at least that's a feedback that I'm getting. Right. So like that is like, ah, yeah, I have power as a parent to change my beliefs around what my teen is like my teen, you know, the myth that teens are lazy. Well, maybe they are, maybe they're not, but to, to assume that they're going to be lazy um, positions you in a very sort of, um, you know, well, oppositional. Yeah, it already tells the story. It already lays it out yeah. even before anything has begun. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I was also going to ask for your book, um, you know, parents who are not yet 
you know, parents will ask, well, do I have to be a radical unschooler to read this book? Do I have to be an anarchist to read this book? What if I'm not even, <laughs> what right. if I'm not even close to like, I, I'm not even gentle parenting. Like I'm not even there yet. Can I still read this book? But I have a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, you know, the invitation is to step into a space of partnership. And mm -hmm. if you can't do that, that's okay. But recognize what partnership looks like. And just the little cracks of addressing that will create a stronger connection, right? You may not be willing to give up, but I said so. Like that might be the go-to. Do it because I said so kind of thing. Maybe they're not willing to give that up. Okay. But a good part of the book is challenging parents first to look at their mental health. And I'm not saying that they're not healthy, but let's just call it mental wellness, right? Mm -hmm. To unpack and use the tools um, of like the trigger log or understand how they are channeling fear or understand their relationship to emotions. And by using the tools in the book, and the beginning of the book talks about use these tools before you facilitate with your teen, right? And that space of discovering about yourself and really going inward and doing the self-inquiry that's going to create a space for connection. So the connection will come through vulnerability and through the self-awareness. And I want to say that I'm not telling parents that there's something wrong with you, but we all can be healthier and we all can learn more about ourselves and we can all improve. I mean, it's mm -hmm. progress, not perfection right? You know, we're never going to be a perfect human being, but the more that we can pull apart and challenge some beliefs that were perhaps given to us through culture or through our family dynamics when we were a child and not developmentally capable of understanding the, the dynamics of what that was, right? Maybe, maybe the, you know, the parent yelling, screaming really loud because they spilled coffee on the rug while you were sitting next to them playing blocks. Maybe that was just yelling really loud because they didn't want you to get hurt. But developmentally, a three-year-old will take that as a trauma response. There's a jolted, loud thing. And maybe now there, there's a belief pattern that that was set and anchored by a strong emotional impulse. And next time there's a loud noise or a caught smell of coffee or whatever the thing is, it can trigger this subconscious memory that's inside of us. And we don't remember the memory but we play the pattern of that belief. And sometimes that belief is life is scary or people yell at me or I'm not safe. And maybe it's true, maybe it's not true. But if you have a trigger response to somebody's behavior, then there's something inside of you that needs to be looked at 
It just, it just does, right? And we all want to be the best us that we can be, I, I assume, right? So mm-hmm. it's, it's an invitation to just go a little deeper and there are tools, actual tools in there too. So if you follow them, you can't help but to discover something about yourself and have an aha moment and peel away some of these things and create greater freedom just to be you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think having a partnership, we are, you know, you think you, we each have a part, we each, you know, work with Maybe there's push and pull, there's balance. It's going to move at different times, but also some, we can be weight as well. You know, we can be light as well, but going through that process and understanding self and our experiences and how we interpret them now is also a huge part of the learning journey because our kid, like you said, our kids, whether we realize it or not, whether we're saying it or not, our kids are still learning and taking from that as well. And that's a huge part of, of this, you know, whatever you want. I just like life learning really, whether you want to call it school or not or anything like that. I think that's the biggest part of it that we, we think is not important, but it really is. It's, it's the big stuff. It's the deep stuff for sure. Yeah. And going back to, um, our early conversation when we first started, um, when my son and I started to question the point of education, remember I talked about that, like, here's this package, you are now educated, take it. Um, we didn't want to be educated. We didn't have the desire to learn curriculum as it was given to us by some quote-unquote authority. Okay, so now that's the anarchist in me coming out, as you can tell. But what we did want, we, we could clearly see what we didn't want, but we replaced that with what we did want. And we wanted to be lifelong learners, just mm-hmm. as you said. We wanted to develop a deep love of learning. We wanted to learn things like collaboration and cooperation and grit. And, you know, people call these things the soft skills, but these things aren't taught. We also wanted to learn accountability and really own our own lives. Economy, yeah. Autonomy is a big one. Absolutely. So, you know, instead of teaching my son these skills, I modeled greater mental health. I modeled that I was important. I modeled that I was important to me. Yeah. And that taught him that he should take notice of his internal worlds too. But I never said, you know, do this thing. You know, I'm showing him that these things are part of our values, you could you could reject it if you want and never do it. And sometimes, sometimes he runs up against brick walls and says, I don't want to do this. I just want to be there already. But the recognition of knowing what's involved, right? right? To be able to unpack yeah. this stuff instead of he's, you know, some people who have never been exposed to the internal worlds and mental health tools, you know, they're just sort of running around like a top, you know, like, what do I do? But he's, you know, sometimes he chooses like, I'm not doing this. I'm frustrated. This is hard, you know? And that's okay too. That's okay. Absolutely. That's okay. Yeah. And that's not, you know, it's not you. 
It's not yeah. you being, um, what do you want? A bad mom or whatever you want to, you know, whatever we sometimes equate to it. It's just how he's, what he's processing and feeling at the moment. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Your book is, I've, I told Lainey, I've started reading it, but there's a lot there and I'm, you know, this it's summertime. So I'm going to take the time to, to read through it. And it is one of those ones where it's nice to have kind of like a journal or a notepad as well, or to make notes as well too, uh, along with it. Um, and I know we're getting to our time and I'm guessing it's, it's later in Mexico where you are as well too, but she's got a nice rose pink wall. I love the, it reminds me of the colors of Mexico. Everything's so nice and bright as well. So for a parent who first actually, where can we get your book? Seen, Heard, Understood. Where is it available now? So it is a self-published book and it's only available or exclusively available on Amazon. <laughs> so it's all about how you frame it, right? Yeah, that's right. So yeah. Go to Amazon. It's available in almost every country. So you can order it. Um and if you are interested in the work that I do with teens, you can check out my website at Transformative Mentoring for Teens. Um, if you're interested in the trips, we're hoping that we can produce a couple of trips in 2023. I'd say get on the waiting list. Um, that will be at Project World School. And I also support parents a couple times a year. I don't like working with parents. Sorry, parents. <laughs> I mean, my joy, my passion is working directly with teens. Yeah. Um, but I, you could find out the work that I do through partnershipparent.com and I work with another unschooling, radically unschooling mum in the UK and her name is Sarah Beale and she's just a, a spitfire. She's got four, you know, free range kids and we just like, da -da 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 -da, like we are so good together. We bounce off of each other really well and it's, it's really lovely. So if you happen to catch, you know, us during one of the times that we're doing something to serve parents, do it, do it. You know, we offer free workshops and we do like six week courses, but we only do them once or twice a year. We don't do them that often, but just check us out there and get on the, the mailing list for partnership parent. And can I share something that, that we're working yeah. on? Please do. Yeah. And I, I, I will put all of these links in the show notes as well, too. So if you're listening and you just want it easy, you can go into the show notes and click Perfect. share, go, go ahead. Perfect. So I've been working on designing a 10-day um, in-person teen retreat based on a mental health journey, um, which is going to be the exploration of self through the hero's journey. And we Joseph are... Campbell's hero's journey? Yes. Awesome. Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. So we're going to be using, you know, journaling and, and creative writing. We're also using art. We're doing mask making. We're doing a little bit of psychodrama and dance. Um, we're doing a lot of exploration. And it's going to be here in Mexico. We just met the owner of this beautiful hacienda that we're going to rent for this and it's going to be fabulous so that's going to take place i haven't announced it but it's going to take place in november of 2020 
too. So soon ish. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. That is really, how many spots do you have available or you don't have that sorted out just yet? Uh, the maximum amount of teens that we can accommodate would be 15. 15. Okay. Okay. Um, once you have that, any links or anything like that for that too, you can send it to me and I'm happy to share as well. I think it's fantastic as, that there's also more offered to teens, to the community, because there are, you know, the, the, the learning world outside of school has grown. And I think a lot of us now have kids who are, have gotten older, who are young adults, who are teenagers. And, you know, the journey is different. You get into adolescence and it's true. There's a shift. Their needs change. They're not as dependent on the parents. They want their own community. There's, and, you know, and for each of your kids, it's different. So it's wonderful that there is more offered outside of the home, direct home, but in the world as well. And I think that is just so fantastic and so rich for kids, right? To experience that and to do that and to do that independently away from their parents. I do actually believe that sometimes that is a great thing as well for them to experience that in a place like go to Mexico and experience that away from, you know, a a parent at home, but to have their own journey and then to come back and share if they want to as well too, right? The hero's journey. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, There is in that part, right? Where, where the son leaves and then returns anew right um, the person leaves and returns anew and that is absolutely part of the journey so with the gifts of of transformation right the mentor and every yeah absolutely great it's perfect yeah it's perfect okay so thank you so much we so your book seen heard understood it's on amazon self-published I definitely recommend you get that. That's my, I'm tomorrow, my day off, I'm going to sit on my deck and continue reading that as well. Um, You you heard about Lainey's wonderful teen retreat coming up in November, um, plus Project World School and all of those links I'll have included in the show notes. Is there any last thing you would like to leave with parents, like something that would be good for them to just remember or something simple for them just to keep in mind or try as they head into the week or day? Absolutely. I would encourage everybody to cultivate a practice of pausing before you speak and have an interaction with your your tween or teen or, or young person and ask yourself this question before you speak. Is what I'm about to say going to coerce them? Is it meant or designed to coerce them? Or is it going to promote connection? And you probably know what to do next. (laughs) Okay. I love that. Pause. Is it going to coerce or is it going to connect? Yeah. That's a great, okay. Fantastic. I think that's great to remember. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And I loved our conversation. I did too. And I I know everyone listening will as well. So I'm so grateful that you came on and I'm excited. You you know, it's great to finish a conversation and be excited about things. So, um, and I'll continue to follow your journey and what you guys are doing and support it as well too. So thank you. Thank you you to you and Miro as well. So thank you. All right. Take care. (laughs) Bye Lainey.
Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, leave a review or comment. I'd love to hear your thoughts, ideas and reflections on the episode. You can go to the website, imhomeschooling.com or email me directly, robin at imhomeschooling.com. Thank you.